On today's episode of the Science and Spirituality Podcast, it is not an episode from us. We actually have a guest who is sharing one of his podcast episodes. He runs a podcast called The Soul Podcast. His name is Stacy Wheeler, and he actually reached out to me a handful of weeks ago. Maybe it was the end of 2022, and he shared how he really loved the Science and Spirituality Podcast, and he told he asked to, for me to check out his stuff checked it out and we're doing a uh, episode swap. So we're sharing one of his episodes here so that you can check it out, get uh, interested, see if you like it. And then uh, on his podcast, he had uh, he shared one of our episodes. So uh, we're promoting someone that we feel is actually really uh, got a great information. And especially this episode on projection is really interesting and well thought out. Yeah. And I don't think that we've ever done an episode specifically on this topic either. No. A projection, right? Right. And so when, when I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, like this is actually a really great topic. Like it was very well thought out. And, you know, his podcast is very different than ours, Kev, because, you know, we're very conversational. We kind of just have like a banner topic and then we just hit record and go. And like, you know, he like writes his episodes very well thought out and very like measured. He's got some nice music in the background. Like it was, it was a whole experience. I felt like, like I, and I was, I was on a walk when I was listening to it and it was like almost like mesmerizing. It was like really good. I was very like into it. Definitely. And I learned a lot, you know, about projection and, you know, like how that, how that like changes the way that we view other people. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's really powerful. So enjoy the episode. Uh, there's a lot of great information here in a very succinct amount of time. I think it's like 20 minutes or so. Uh, mm-hmm. and then if you enjoy his work, then the link in the description of this episode will take you to his podcast. If you want to check out his work. Yep. Enjoy. Wayne Dyer said, If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. And Carl Jung said, Knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darknesses of other people. Welcome to the Soul Podcast. I'm Stacy Wheeler. Both of these quotes talk about the idea of projection, the way we project on other people, and how projecting affects the way we see others. Jung's quote explains that the better we understand ourselves, the better we are at understanding others. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of projection. In every episode, I look to provide something uplifting or offer something you can add to your personal growth toolbox and to use to improve the way you move through the world. Today, the topic is projection. We'll look at how projection develops in us, how it influences our beliefs, becomes part of our interactions, and how we can create a habit of recognizing it so we can overcome the effects of it. Projection is an unconscious defense mechanism which stems from the ego. In projection, we take an unacceptable part of ourselves, like our feelings, thoughts, tendencies, or fears. We disown it and we place it onto someone else. Projections contain our blind spots. And although we've all engaged in projection, it's challenging to recognize when we're doing it. With practice, we can start to notice and change the pattern. In today's episode, I'll share tools that will help you raise your self-awareness around projection. The benefits you gain from doing this work regularly will include being more open-hearted, becoming less judgmental, and becoming more confident. Today, we're going to look at how to recognize when you're projecting, how to figure out why you are projecting, and also to learn how to reduce the amount of projecting you do. So let's get going. We all start projecting our beliefs at a very early age, and projection seems to increase over time, 
as we add more biases through life experience. But when we understand how projection influences our thinking, we can turn it to our advantage. When we understand the way we project, this understanding can help us see more clearly. We can turn projection from a weakness to a strength. So what exactly is projection? A simple definition of projection is this. Projection is a reflexive process where we see parts of our unconscious self in others, the parts of ourselves we don't particularly care for. With everyone we meet, we reflexively see some aspects of ourselves, both the good and the bad. So to understand this, understand that our view of everything we encounter is filtered through our own life experiences, through our fears, our insecurities, and our desires. But maybe it'd help if I demonstrated with a story. When I work up my episodes, I usually start at a coffee shop just down the road from my house. Shout out to Depot Bay Coffee Roasters in Auburn, California. You guys do great work. While I was writing this episode at Depot Bay, a man came in and tied his dog to a chair next to mine. They allow dogs in this coffee place. I really like that. The man went to put in his order at the counter and left the dog there. Me and the dog made eye contact. If you're a dog lover, you kind of know that moment. He's saying hi with his eyes, I'm saying hi with mine, and I know I'm going to pet that dog. He was close, so I leaned down to pet him. He was a sweet pup, big friendly eyes. The man came back, and I mentioned how sweet his dog was. He responded dryly and pulled the dog closer to the table, told it to lay down. Then he went off to get his drink. I thought it was an unusual reaction, but I didn't put much thought into it. Some people just don't like their dogs petted. No worries. When he returned, I thought of making friendly conversation, but then I noticed his ball cap. On the front it read, I can see through your bullshit. I've never seen a hat like that. But at this point, I feel like I'm starting to see him better. He's been wronged enough times that he now wears a piece of clothing to let the world know that it would not be wronged again. So don't even try. The implication was that he felt people were more likely to be full of BS than not. He didn't trust people. So I understood him now, right? Maybe not. It's good to try and understand people, but we also don't want to project our assumptions on them. When we do, we risk seeing them in the wrong light. That's where the value comes in to understanding our projections a little better. At this point, I needed to stop and ask myself what projections I might be bringing to my assumptions. I understand that everything I experience is filtered through the prism of my own reality. If you've ever seen light go through a prism, you know that when it enters, it's, it's like white light. When it comes out, it's broken into a rainbow of colors. What we latch onto as meaning is a result of our life experience. So I looked at what this man was wearing, the way he talked to his dog, and the way he avoided eye contact. I reflexively looked at him with a suspicious eye. Without even trying, I was sizing him up. My first encounter with him was like that moment of white light. What did I really know about this man? I had little to go on, and everything I decided I knew was like that moment when the light refracts and becomes many colors. That's the moment we start to project our perceptions. Some may be right, and some may be wrong. We can't be sure. But we usually act like we are sure. This is because we don't notice we're projecting. So this is where I found myself with him. I've known the man for literally a minute, maybe two, and I've already decided that I know who he is. I've already decided he's suspicious and untrusting, 
and I've decided he's not worth talking to. We all do this. If we've been wronged, we watch out for people who might wrong us in the same way that we've been wronged before. In this way, we can avoid the same pain. We also project our feelings and weaknesses on others. And this part is really big because we generally don't know we're doing it. If we've been a liar, we'll be suspicious that others might lie to us. If we've been untrustworthy, we project that on other people as well. After all, each of us in ourselves is the primary tool we use to measure the rest of the world. We're kind of like our own baseline for what is normal. I mean, most of us can see that we have some flaws, right? But if really pressed, each one of us would probably say, I'm pretty normal. It takes a lot of self-awareness, or maybe a lot of self-judgment, for a person to say they're abnormal, right? As an extreme example of how we see ourselves, the serial killer Ted Bundy, who confessed to 30 murders, once said in a jailhouse interview, quote, We serial killers are your sons. We are your husbands. We are everywhere. End quote. That's clearly not true. There are many bad people in the world, but there are very few as dark as Bundy. But of course, he believed this. Like the rest of us, he was using himself as the primary tool for measuring the rest of the world. He was projecting his own darkness on everyone else. He figured he wasn't all that abnormal. After all, he figured, how could others not be like him too? Okay, end of extreme example. So back at the cafe, I have to ask myself, what am I projecting on this man? Because I know that in order to see the world more accurately, I have to work to see myself more accurately. I have to see my own bullshit, to steal a word from his hat. He was sitting at a table to my right, and I was tempted to ask about the hat. You know, maybe there was a bigger story there, because I'm clearly making a judgment about it. I went through several scenarios in my head. What would he say? How might he react? Would his answers even be honest if I asked about the hat? Would he be annoyed that I was talking to him? Ultimately, because he was wearing earbuds, I left him alone. He seemed to want to be left alone. Or was that my projection? I saw in him loneliness and fear of the world. Or was that my projection? But you know, kindness from a stranger might be welcome. Or was that my projection? And on and on and on, all this went through my head. We can't know another person better than we know ourselves. So there's a real value in getting to know ourselves. Recognizing the possibility of projection is a good place to start. If I can identify what I'm putting on him, I can then decide if those projections are reasonable, and I can start to see myself more honestly. So I ask myself, why do I think he wants to be left alone? Answer, when I want to be left alone at a coffee house, I put in earbuds or I wear a headphone or I bury my nose in a book. Why do I think he's untrusting? When I don't trust a stranger, I'm reserved and standoffish. And the only way I'd ever consider wearing a hat like that is if I were angry and had a point to make. But even then, I don't think I would. So all of these assumptions come from me projecting my own way of reacting to others when I want to be left alone or I don't trust a person. I've made a reflexive assumption that he's just like me, which is silly. In fact, there are many reasons people are standoffish. I just grabbed onto the reason that was most common to me. His reactions could come from anything. Maybe he lost a loved one this week. But again, that's a projection. I reflexively grasp for answers. And the funny part is we all do this without even trying or even giving it any awareness. 
I don't know if he's reserved for the reasons I projected on him, but our reflex is to try to make sense of the world around us. So I've used what I've learned of the world through my experience, and I make assumptions. And you know, this is a simple evolutionary response. It's an adaptation that we use to get by in the world. So let's talk about adaptation for a moment. A psychological adaptation is a tendency towards certain behavior or thought pattern. A fear of spiders is a psychological adaptation that helps protect people from injury or death as a result of being bitten. But it's driven by fear, which is an emotion at the base of much of our adaptations. If a friend is bitten by a small black spider with orange markings, and that friend dies or becomes very sick, we may adopt a fear of all spiders. So we project a fear on many things for a problem caused by one specific thing. And just like there are no two snowflakes alike, there are no two people with the same psychological adaptations. We all evolve differently through the influence of our life experiences. If we were spanked as a child, we may grow up to be a quiet adult because we believe that stay quiet and stay out of trouble is how you get by in the world. We probably wouldn't even think about the adaptation because it's just become part of the way we are. And you know, there are two ways projections work. Projections work to make us cautious, which we learned from our previous experiences. Like in the example I used about the spider bite, you experience something so it changes the way you behave. It also works in a way that leads us to see the world as we see ourselves. As we evolve our own traits, we judge those around us based on our understanding of ourselves. And this can be especially insidious when we can't admit to ourselves that we dislike a specific aspect of ourselves. And when we hide in this way, we often see that trait we dislike in ourselves, in others. Remember Bundy? He saw murderers everywhere, and he believed it. Our projections can create suspicion, and this can lead us to dislike, condemn, or vilify in other people the things we dislike about ourselves. And our personal experiences are where these sides of us come from, either internal or external, as I mentioned. In the fear of theft example, one is the fear of an external origin because they've been stolen from, they are cautious. The other has an internal origin. You're a thief, so you're suspicious of others as well. We reflexively notice attributes of ourselves and others, both good and bad. It may be that projecting negative traits on others helps us feel better about the parts of ourselves we don't care for. Imagine you were a petty thief. You start to believe everyone steals. Wouldn't that make you feel a little bit better about being a thief? So you project your reality on other people. Found a great article on goodtherapy.org. I'm going to share that in the show notes. It's much more detailed than the information I'm going to give here, but I want to share a couple of uh, definitions and things from that. Goodtherapy.org defines projection this way. Projection is a psychological defense mechanism in which individuals attribute characteristics they find unacceptable in themselves to another person. For example, a husband who has a hostile nature might attribute this hostility to his wife and say that she has anger management problems. In some cases, projection can result in false accusations. For example, someone with adulterous feelings might accuse their partner of infidelity. End of quote. These are good examples. To better understand projection, let's look at what Carl Jung called the shadow. Quote, 
In analytical psychology, the shadow includes everything in the unconscious mind, good or bad. Another definition in shadow psychology is that the shadow might include only the part of the personality that you don't want to identify as part of yourself, but is still a part of your unconscious mind. This darker side of your personality holds everything your conscious mind can't admit about itself. End of quote. Shadow behavior is driven by this part of ourselves that we're not aware of or that we reject. We react to things in a way that is driven by our personal shadow. Shadow skews the way we see the world. We project our insecurities and fears on situations and relationships. And this is projection. But you know, it's not all bad. As I mentioned earlier, when we're aware of our insecurities, we're better able to see how we project them on others. We can check our projections and sometimes adjust the way we respond to the world. When I'm aware of my projections, I can question them. And that's where I can start to add a new skill to my personal growth toolbox. So let's do a little bit of work here. The Happiness Clinic webpage has a great article about projection, the one I mentioned earlier. What it is and how to use it to become more self-aware and genuine. I'm going to borrow a bit from that article here, but as I said, I'll, I'll share the, the link in the show notes with the, the full detail. There's a good meditation in there that you can use that I think you'll find really useful. This is especially helpful if you want to do serious work around the shadow self and projections. It's well written and has detailed exercise you can do to determine why you are being highly triggered by another person, how to change that shadow behavior. This is the Happiness Clinic's definition of projection. Some of this is a little redundant, but it underlines the point very well. Quote, In projection, you take an unacceptable part of yourself, such as your feelings, thoughts, tendency, and fears, disown it, and place it onto someone else. Projections contain our blind spots. Although almost everyone has engaged in projection at some point in their lives, it's often difficult to know when you're doing it. End quote. I'm going to inject here that the way you start to change your reflexive behavior projecting is, again, by learning to recognize when you are projecting. Back to quote. Projection can cloud your vision and skew your perception of reality. This makes it hard to see a situation for what it is, and instead morphs a person or situation into something that it's not. When you engage in projection, you become susceptible to self-victimization and blaming other people for something you need to address within yourself, end quote. So let me share a short process you can use to identify when you're projecting to figure out where your projection is coming from and to help you to change that behavior. It's just a few steps. The first step is to notice you feel defensive or judgmental. You're having a hard time being objective about the situation, like the man I saw in the coffee shop. I looked at his hat and I decided I understood him. I judged him. Step one. Step two is to look at what you're feeling about this person and ask yourself if there's anything about yourself that this person is reminding you of. It's important to be honest with yourself on this one. When I do step one, we'll call it noticing, I make a point of emotionally or even physically creating space. Then I try to identify my projections, which is step two. What assumptions am I making about this person? Step three is to ask myself if I can be certain these assumptions are true. And most of the time, I can't be sure. 
This is true whether this person's a stranger or a person we know well. These all work fine in both of those situations. And finally, when you're all finished, ask yourself, is there any benefit in me judging this person? Most of the time you'll find there isn't. By using these steps, I'm able to stay objective and more open-hearted. Consider the man in the coffee shop with the dog. Because we didn't have a continuing interaction, I was able to easily disconnect. I was able to sit quietly with myself and identify my projections. Then I was able to own my assumptions. Once I owned them, I was able to let go of them. With practice, this becomes a really powerful tool. The goal is to help you be more aware of your projections. When you do, you'll slowly learn to self-regulate. You'll notice and drop the projections you've taken on and shift into a more objective and compassionate mindset. On the Happiness Clinic website, you'll find a detailed meditation you can do to start to tame your projection reflex. What I recommend as a start is to do what I did at the cafe. Recognize that you're judging the person and that you're being triggered. Ask yourself the challenging questions. What part of you is being triggered and what about this person reminds you of yourself? Then ask yourself if you know for sure that any of your assumptions are true. After that, you can let go of your assumptions. In most cases, we judge or project, especially on strangers, with no benefit to ourselves. It's purely reflexive. As we get into the habit of identifying our projections, we become more confident and happier. Most of us are unaware of the insecurities that drive our shadow behaviors. This is because they're hidden well below the surface. But these insecurities can make us judgmental. Identifying our insecurities and removing them helps us drop our projections and improves the way we see ourselves. The process of identifying and setting aside our projections takes time. So you have to create space to do it. And with practice, you'll be able to identify and drop projections faster and more reflexively. It really does become a habit. So just keep practicing. I recommend starting with strangers like I did with the man in the cafe. Strangers are less complicated than the relationships we have with people closer to us. As time goes on, you can apply the same skills to personal relationships. I'm using this tool in my life and it works great. And there are benefits to practicing this method. Really nice benefits. You'll become more open-hearted. You'll become less judgmental. You'll become more confident. At the very least, you'll get much better self-awareness. Oh, and the guy with the bullshit hat that I could tell was untrusting. He left his table twice after he came back with his coffee. He left all his things on his table, including his cell phone. Later, I went to get a refill, and I noticed that I took my phone with me. So, who's really untrusting? It's clear to me that at least some of my projections about him were wrong. And I left the cafe that day a slightly better version of myself because I took the time to recognize my own bullshit. Projection work is important work, but it's advanced work as well. Maybe this topic didn't land for you today. It really depends on where you are in your personal growth journey. If you listened to the show and the topic didn't resonate, I encourage you to come back and listen another time. It might be that you're not at a place where you're ready to dive into this work just yet. Thank you for listening to The Soul Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, learned something new, or were just entertained, please tell your friends about the show. This is the best way for people to find the show. If you heard any quotes you liked in this episode, 
you'll find them in the show notes. You can also find links to supporting information as well as a list of any books or other reading material related to this episode.